everybody. Welcome into a new episode of Real Fun Sports presented by Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. I'm Courtney Lachlan, joined by Kelly Collis. Kelly, we were off last week, so we we're hopefully refreshed and have a lot of exciting sports things to get to. Um, but real quick, Kelly, before we get to that, we want to take a moment to, um, before we start, to honor those. It is Veterans Day or Remembrance Day for our Canadian friends up north of the border and to honor and to give thanks to all the men and women who have served our countries. And what better way, Kelly, than a message from Caps Pop? Oh, oh he's amazing. It has been cute to see um, Caps Pup come out and tweet and to take pictures kind of in all the the days that we celebrate and all the holidays because what better way than to have a dog give honors and give thanks. Well, and also his destiny is, is you know, working as a service dog. So uh, he just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we do want to just uh, thank and honor everyone who has um, continued and will continue to serve our great country. So, Kelly, we do have a lot to get to today. We were off last week, um, so we are nice, refresh, and have some interesting and cool sports topics, I think, um, to get to. I can't believe it that I, you and I are actually going to talk golf. Um, <laughs> I, I never thought that this day would come, that we'd be talking golf. Um, we do have some updates from the NHL and some new sneak peeks about some jerseys that will be coming out or revealed in the next couple of weeks. And then we have an amazing interview with a Canadian Olympic hockey player um, who catches up with us to talk about the Professional Women's Hockey League and what we can expect with their deal that they signed with Secret. But I guess, Kelly, let's start with uh, you got to like coach me through this, maybe um, the golf situation and what is happening. I know you also have some baseball things, though. Yes, I do. So let's just hit baseball real quick. It's it's pretty quiet uh, at Nats Park. Uh, not to sort of, there's no surprise there. There's nothing really that's going on. This is kind of a very quiet season. I don't think we're going to see any movement in rosters until uh, December. But the Silver Slugger Awards went out last week, and it was really exciting because Juan Soto got his first one. And, of course, you know, Silver Slugger is awarded to best offensive players, but the video that we're showing here is him being an amazing, amazing, uh, you know, hit. he had an incredible season. I think he was one of the top hitters uh, in the MLB in this shortened season. He's just an all-around great guy. Everybody knows him right now because, you know, he was sort of the face of the World Series with his incredible hitting and catching. But it made me go down the sort of the rabbit hole of who from the Nats organization have received the the most Silver Sluggers over the years. Hmm. Now, Silver Sluggers, is, it's a big honor because it is voted on by the um, coaches and managers of all the teams in the MLB. So it is, um, it, that's why it makes it such a unique hmm. honor. And Soto, this is his first one, but the guy who has the most no longer he plays with the Nats. He's got three, and that is Ian Desmond. He was a shortstop for the team and is still beloved uh, by the team to this day. Ryan Zimmerman's got a couple. Rendon's got a couple. Strasburg has one. Harper got one when he was a Nats player. Um, but that's about it. I mean, I was surprised not to see um, Scherzer on there um, as a national. Um, I mean, obviously, he's got a Cy Young Award, which is a big deal for pitching. But um, that's that's it. It was, it was the number kind of surprised me. So hopefully Juan Soto, he's so young. This is one of many that he'll get over his career. I believe the record is like 10 or 11 or 12 or something like that. It's double digits. Do they actually get a, a, an award? Yes. Like, is it like a baseball bat? 
Yeah, it's 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 a silver yes. Oh. <laughs> it's a silver slugger. <laughs> yes. So, and I also want to note because we've talked about this as we were covering the World Series, Mookie Betts also got one this year. My oh yeah, Miss Mookie Betts. <laughs> Mookie Betts. I know you loved his name, so that was kind of fun to see. But that was really the only big news that came out um, last week, and just kind of a big honor for for Juan Soto to get. That's awesome. That mm-hmm. that is a big honor, um, yeah. and I know the players, especially he's a young player, right? So to even get that kind of early on in his career. That's yeah, a big you thing. Got, you got to remember too. Uh, last season, he started off the season benched with COVID. Um, he he missed the beginning of the season. So to come back and just have an incredible season after missing two weeks of what whatever it was a twelve thirteen week season is pretty cool. See, we still found a way to bring in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I could keep going, but I know there's other things that we got to get to. I. Yeah, you got golf for us, Kelly. I don't... I know. I look, Locker. I, <sighs> I, 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 I had this not happen, I probably wouldn't talk about it. But the Masters does start tomorrow. Of course, it's delayed. It's kind of exciting because I think people are excited to see a sporting event. We've talked about right. this for weeks, right? Like anything that we can get, we're gonna take. Well, yesterday, as tradition, um, there was a practice round um, in Augusta, Georgia, and this young player. John Ram had one of these hits, putts, whatever. We're not golf people. We'll be the first to admit to that. It literally went over the pond, not like, you know, from here to the UK, over a pond on the golf course, skipped across it and went in as a hole in one. We're showing the video right now. It is incredible. Oh, yeah, that is way cool. I mean, skipped across the pond. And I'm not talking like you know, a couple feet. I mean, what do you think? I mean, it was probably 20 yards. It went literally boop, boop, boop over the water. My and jaw is like on the floor right now. I'm like, I, I can't even believe that happened. Once in a lifetime. And what was really neat about it, I mean, he is one of the younger prospects. Yesterday was his 26th birthday when he did uh, get that. And, you know, again, it's in the practice round. Right. But he is... Um, He's actually Spanish. He was born in Spain. Um, he's one of the few uh, Spanish professional golfers. He's had an interesting career over the last couple of years and is kind of up and coming. And I think it's fair to say, like, all eyes will be on him. So now I've given you enough to be able to talk about the Masters to be dangerous. <laughs> a tradition unlike any other. I think that's all I got. Isn't that, isn't that their slogan? <laughs> <That's> like, yes. <laughs> well, um, and, the, and the green jacket. Yes, the green jacket. Um, I do have, like, a couple things. Did he intend to do that? Like, was that like almost an intentional trick shot? Did he mean to to skip the ball over the water? Or was that kind of like an oopsies? Did he practice that? That would be my number one question. And then number two, Kelly, I'm, I'm assuming that you have golf before? Uh, yes. Have you ever hit or putt whatever a hole in one? Uh, and Rehoboth Beach for putt-putt golf, yes. <laughs> Yes, mini golf. <laughs> yes, yes. Mini, yes. Some people call it putt putt. Some people call it mini golf. Yes, I, I have done a whole. I think if I had more time and money on my hands, I'd probably be a great golfer. Oh, yeah. But you're the tennis player. <laughs> I do have a World Series trophy, though. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah. So I think that was really cool to see. It's gone viral. I mean, just on yeah. Twitter alone, I think five million people have seen it uh, this morning. It, it makes me wonder, too, how many players get hole-in-ones at the actual Masters. Like, well, the, there's the what? practice round, but then when you're actually in the tournament. 
you can watch it. Start. It starts tomorrow through the weekend, and then you can maybe you, this will be the new obsession. You you took up tennis, a little bit of golf. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Happy Gilmore? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm like happy. Like go in the hole, you stupid ball, and throwing the golf clubs. Like that's me when I play golf. Yes. You're probably more like John McEnroe on the tennis court. So you don't you don't have the couth maybe to, to and the patience to play golf. And I'm not like polished and refined and have the etiquette and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I've tried. I actually have my own set of clubs. Oh. I just, I don't have the patience for it. I, okay. I, mini golf is more my thing. <laughs> okay. A little bit quicker. <laughs> you can do 18 holes in like 30 minutes. Yes. And it's just like three or four putts. And you don't have to walk a lot. Right. And then yeah. when it gets like over five, you're just like, forget it. Just put the ball in. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's just like hockey. There's a mercy rule. There's yeah. like a mercy rule in, in putt putt where it's like, okay, after six, it doesn't count. Even right. if you go 10 or 12 or whatever. I will say when you get to that last hole and they offer you a free game, if you get it in the little, the mouth of what in Rehoboth, it was the mouth yep. of the, I believe it's a hippo. I get very competitive over that one. Yeah. Cause you want to get the free game. Totally. It's just hmm. bragging rights. Hmm. Have you so, gotten that? Yeah, of course. Oh, <laughs> I've got very good. I've got very good eye-hand coordination, so that's why I mean, like golf. I, if I spent some time, I probably would be a very good golfer, but it's like anything else. Yeah, you got to put, put in the time. That's right. So that's that's all I got on, on my world. I know there is some hockey stuff as we get ready for a hockey season. Uh, who would have thought? Um, again, uh, I don't even know. I, I think the biggest thing is that a lot of sports are starting to make announcements, right? About when they're coming back. We saw that the NBA is making, has made an announcement that they're expected to start December 22nd. I can't believe we're here on November 11th. We're usually in the season at this time. So now we're talking about the next season potentially starting for the NHL. I'd expect some news either later today or tomorrow for sure. The NHLPA is having, and the, and the NHL is having a big governor's meeting about trying to finalize all these details. And I think one of the biggest things, just in my opinion, is we did see that the NBA has set their schedule December 22nd. They're starting. They share the same arenas, right, with the NHL. Oh, so right. that's why I would expect the NHL wanting to make a plan soon. Um, I saw this tweet earlier um, from one of the NHL correspondents. I believe he's um, Canadian, and he tweeted – um, that expects some news relatively quickly. Um, training camp, he thinks that is expected to start by mid-December. Um, and again, he, he's a big uh, reporter up in Canada is talking about the Senators. And since they did not partake in the return to play, they didn't make the playoffs, they might get an extra week of camp. So the timeline is starting to come together where they are still pushing for a January 1st start date, which means that training camp would be kind of through the holidays. And, and again, I kind of go back to that December 22nd with NBA because NBA is starting. And if the NHL can get their training camp and their exhibition games scheduled, I'd expect to see them all on TV during that two-week time that everybody's at home watching all of these sports. Um, it will be interesting. The biggest questions is what are they going to do with all the Canadian teams, right? And I mean, even ML baseball had this issue with the teams. Where are they going to play? How can mm -hmm. they travel? And the bubbles worked for the playoffs and the return to play, but those bubbles aren't going to fly with these players going to want to go to bubbles for the whole season. So they're talking about, I guess, like mini bubbles where teams will go into a city for 10 to 12 days and play several games and then leave um, and go home and spend time with their family and then quarantine for a couple of days and deal, deal with some safety protocols. Um, 
yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what the kid, what the actual details are of the return to play because there's still so many questions. How many games are they going to play? Um, and what are they going to do with the Canadian teams? I think is the biggest question. Yeah, I mean, because you have to go across the border. Of course, the Blue Jays for, for MLB had to uh, play their games in Buffalo, which is like, I mean, Canada's right across the way. Right. <laughs> but they couldn't get, they couldn't get through the just border. Just across the bridge. Um, that, that is really interesting. I, I was reading, just to bring it back to baseball, they hope to have 162 games um, starting at the end of March, early April. So it will be interesting uh, to see how all that's going to come together because, in theory, you're still going to have the NBA. You're still going to have the NHL right. happening. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, do most – professional hockey teams have their own practice rink yes okay so they yes. don't have to worry about scheduling the arena around that so practices will be fine but the games right and then that's where they share the nba so how do you monitor yeah. also teams coming in and out right we even saw that back in march when there were issues about the teams and the COVID and who was there and who was possibly infected from the night before because you had a, the turnaround time was so short um I wanted to ask you this, Kelly, and talking about how the NHL is going to figure out basically the, the, the divisions. And I think there's going to be some divisional changes of what teams play each other. There has to be because I don't anticipate any real movement between the U.S. teams and the Canadian teams. Did baseball this year, did every team play every team? No. Which is interesting. No. Do they no. always? No. Because there, well, there's the AL and the NL and uh, – there's the American League, National League, and yep. sometimes there's some crossover, but not everyone in the National League plays the American League. And I think that there's some sort of rule with, like, the NL East, each team plays each other at least twice. But it's, no, not every team plays each other. See, in hockey, they do. So that that's a big question. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, well, how's that? How's it going to work? How's that going to work, especially with, it? there's probably going to be a Canadian division, Right. No, and then now, everybody else. With the arenas, though, you one now you've got a lot more um, technology that is sanitizing. I mean, mm -hmm. if you look at like sort of just even the airlines, right? They're they're starting to figure it out as the holiday season ramps up. But um, they don't have to worry about coordinating with concerts, though. This time, this usually right. like there's other things or like you know the traveling circus or whatever. There's not that happening, so there's a little bit more wiggle room to space those games out so everyone stays safe. That's true, and with both teams are both leagues having a little bit of a shortened season yeah um so it will be it'll be interesting and exciting i would expect some news to kind of drop within the next day or two or at least by the end of the week about some hopefully at least a proposed plan um at the governor's meeting about what we can expect for the nhl but i'm already thinking i'm like training camp mid-december that's coming up really quickly i know i know hmm. but that's exciting it'll be fun to have the boys back in town it, I actually, Tom Wilson was driving back to Canada or from Canada to the U.S. just the other day. His girlfriend um, did a little road trip picture. So they are, the boys are coming back to town. Um, real quick, Kelly, back to golf. I can't believe it. We're going back to golf. Um, but producer Tommy did find how many people got a hole in one during the Masters. Holy smokes. Yeah. So pretty much, well, not, not every year, but so there's, there's two last year. One last year. Yeah. It's it's more than I would think. Wow. That's that's impressive. I'm trying to see if like Tiger Woods or like, because that's like, I don't know a lot of players, if there's any of the big players that are on there that we I would mean, know, like the household like, name ones. 
that was like Ovechkin. The first time that he ever had held a golf club, uh, he was doing a thing for charity and he got a hole in one. Like, come on. I swear to God, that guy has like a horseshoe <laughs> up his butt. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, he's just like unbelievable. unbelievable. I, but maybe when you got it, you got it. Yeah, I don't know. That's right. you, got, you got that athletic ability. Um, well, speaking of Ovi, Ovi might be rocking a New Jersey next year. Adidas released a teaser um, of videos for a reverse retro jersey for all 31 teams for the 2020-2021 season. This was the little teaser that the Caps released about their jersey. Um, and a lot of interesting theories, Kelly, about what this jersey could signify. Um I love it because Cats fans and hockey fans have kind of been going crazy about this New Jersey, new money, right? More people are going to want to buy this New Jersey. Um, and it's the, everybody's kind of been reading into what that Jersey signifies and what the New Jersey is going to look like. It will be the fourth Jersey um, that they'll use. Somebody, some, a lot of people speculate that they'll only use a couple times versus big rivals. The jerseys will be revealed um, on November 16th. So in about a week, and the little teaser video of the Caps suggests that they're going to do a retro throwback to the old Screaming Eagle jersey, which was the blue one. Peter Bondra wore it. This is back in 1997. So if you watch the video that Adidas put out, on the back of all the jerseys, there's a number. And that's the number of the year that they're reverting back to. So that's 97. Oh. So that's a little hint that the Caps will be going back to their 97 jersey, which was the Screaming Eagle Peter Bondra wore it. The Caps were in the Atlantic Division at the time. The coach was Ron Wilson, Captain Dale Hunter. Um, I got a lot of questions. First off, um, what happened to Rocking the Red? <laughs> okay, <laughs> but the jersey's still red. Are we? How do we know that? Just because of that because little teaser red. video? Yeah. Okay. Because all, right, so all we're not the going back to blue. It's not going to be rocking the blue. So it's red and blue. Okay, very patriotic. I just, I just hope it doesn't clash too much because I feel like bright red and bright blue. Yeah, here's the bottom line. Like, look, <laughs> if you're a fan, you're not buying tickets. I mean, maybe there'll be some stadiums that will, and arenas that will allow fans in, as we're seeing in the NFL. Um, but like, why not drop another couple hundred on a jersey if that's like all the rage? And it. it as long as it's cool, right? I think that's the thing. Like, I know a lot of times everybody was so excited when the NHL All-Star jerseys came out, and some of some of them were just like were hideous, and so nobody would want to buy them. So I think as long as they make them aesthetically pleasing, yeah. um, then I hope fans will be down for it. And of course, fans have been taking to Twitter and social media all the time that they have and creating mock-ups of what they think. Um, the jersey will look like our good friends at Russian machine never breaks um, found this mock-up of what it would look like interesting I guess hmm. <laughs> um, okay well Kelly Kelly is that the shrug emoji <laughs> yeah yeah it's good see this is the thing the red and the blue I just I feel like it kind of clashes yeah and it's like red. Look at your background. You're, it's all red. I mean, you have little hints of blue, but it's, you know, you rock the red. And that's, let's just leave it at that. And you and know what? Is... We've had enough change in 2020, NHL. Let's just keep, lock it up and let's keep things the same. Does that mean that Seattle's going to have another jersey? I, I guess yeah. not because they're not playing, but what? So they get to miss out on the. Oh, they're not playing? They don't have their team not yet? Not this year. Oh, 
It's another year? Mm-hmm. Oh, that stinks. They have their cool logo. That's why. Are they going to make a fourth jersey? I don't, I I don't think, know. I yeah. guess they got to stay up with it. We'll see. November 16th is the day that um, those retro jerseys come out. I hope they're kind of cool. I, I know people have mixed feelings about the Screaming Eagle, um, but at least they are, like you said, Kelly, still rocking the red. Yes. yes. Kelly, a few weeks ago, um, we talked about on this show about a really amazing story around the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association and that secret deodorant was committing $1 million to help fund and to help keep alive the Professional Women's Players Hockey Association. And obviously college hockey and pro hockey and women's hockey is such a huge passion of mine. This story was so incredible. Um, So we actually reached out to a member of the Canadian National Women's Hockey Team. She's a member of the PWPHA. She won a silver medal with Canada in the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang. She won a national um, championship with Clarkson Golden Knights, connection back to my family as my dad played at Clarkson. So it was really awesome to catch up with Renata Fast, and she gave her opinion and her take on Secret Deodorant's $1 million commitment to the league and what that means for women's hockey. Ago, Secret Deodorant announced that they'd be giving $1 million to the PWHPA, which is the largest commitment by any company, company to date for women's hockey in North America. I want to know, because when I read this, I got really excited, and I thought this was such an amazing thing that a, a company like Secret was willing to commit this amount of money to women's hockey. What were your initial thoughts on hearing this from Secret? I was so excited. I think we all were like, we couldn't, we couldn't believe it. Um, it's such an exciting investment uh, into our game. And just to hear that it's the largest investment in North America for professional women's hockey was like, wow, like this is, they're making a real statement with us and they're really investing in us. They believe in us. So uh, I think we were all really excited. Um, we had a previous relationship with secret last year for the first year of the PWHPA. Um, and it was great to work with them um, and they helped us out a ton. So we're excited to continue to build off of it in year two. And uh, even with a bigger sponsorship is incredible. So you mentioned the sponsorship. They're also going to be the title sponsor for the Dream Gap Tour in 2021. Can you explain to us what exactly that is and what we can expect if if anybody's um, interested in watching? Yeah, the Secret Dream Gap Tour um, is going to be awesome, obviously, because of COVID things changed a little bit um, than it typically would have if uh, COVID wasn't around, but we're still going to be able to play some games, hopefully in the new year. There's still some details that need to be worked out, but um, it looks like there's going to be six different events that are going to be happening across North America uh, with some of the top players in the world playing in those games. And at the end of each weekend, um, there will be a winner and that team will get um, some money, some cash prize from secret. And then, Um, The final showcase event that we're going to have is going to be kind of like a Canada versus USA uh, matchup. And um, there'll be a a trophy for that. uh, And it's all sponsored by Secret. So it's it's really, really neat. And it's going to be exciting. How were you mentioned, I think, six different teams, right? Five five, five different teams. Six different showcases. Yeah. How were the teams determined? Were there tryouts? Was there a draft? Yeah. So it was all tryout based. So there was. There's five different regions where a lot of players live. So there's in Canada, there's Calgary, there's Toronto, there's Montreal. And then down in the States, there's New Hampshire and Minnesota. Um, So there was tryouts held in each of those regions. And then from there, they selected 
uh, I believe it's like 25 players to a roster. Um, and then the, we practice together weekly. And then uh, once these showcase uh, events are set, um, I think uh, a smaller number of those 20, 25 players will head to those uh, showcase events and play in the games there. So, uh, yeah, no, it's exciting. Why do you think this is so important for women's hockey, something like Secret to come out and give a million dollars and also just to, to make sure that you're continuing to play hockey with the Dream Gap Tour? Mm -hmm. Well, I just think at a million dollar sponsorship, like they're, they're showing that they believe in us, they believe in our mission and they're behind us. Like that's a big investment. Um, you don't, you don't do something like that if you don't, uh, believe in the direction that, uh, we're heading. And I think it's, I think it's so cool because the PWHPA is, is very player driven. Um, the players, we decided as a group that, you know, we wanted to fight for the future of our sport and, um, make sure that we have equal opportunities and resources um that we need to succeed and to have secret come on board and stand with us and try and help us uh gain more attention around what we're trying to do and then also help us have those resources moving forward is huge so um i think it just goes to show um you know how invested in women secret mm -hmm. is and it's it's pretty neat you mentioned the PWHPA. Um, what is the landscape of women's professional hockey look like now? Because I know in the last couple of years, there have been some changes with it. Yeah, it's been kind of a roller <laughs> in the women's hockey world as of late. Um, so uh, in the spring of 2019, um, the CWHL, which was the Canadian-based league, um, there was one team in Boston, but most of the teams were up in Canada. Um, that league folded, and that's where um, a lot of us played. And when that league folded, there was also the NWHL, which was an American-based professional league um, that existed. And we kind of had a decision to make as players if we wanted to join the NWHL or kind of, you know, make a stand and try and fight for uh, the future of our sport uh, and make sure it's going in the direction that we as players know it needs to go. And so when we came with that crossroad, um, over 200 players agreed that, no, like we're going to create a players association. Um, we're going to work to find sponsors and to find partners who um, believe in us and really want to move the sport forward. Um, and that's how the PWHPA was created. Um, so last year was our first year and it was a huge success. We had showcase events all throughout North America. We partnered with NHL clubs uh, to promote those events. And uh, we gained a lot of exposure. Um, we were really excited for year two. Yeah. <laughs> Even bigger than better. Um, obviously, COVID has changed things a little bit. But I still think that um, it's great to see that we've had still our sponsors on board uh, supporting us. And uh, we've changed kind of the way the PWHPA looks a little bit in terms of how competitive it will be with just the five regions. But, um, yeah, so it's we're kind of at a unique spot in women's hockey um but i think the future is really bright as you can see things that we've done with the nhl over the last mm -hmm. years um i think it's very promising for the future well you just mentioned the nhl um i know that you were involved in a couple nhl all-star weekends which must have been incredibly cool um the skills competition and you guys did a three-on-three -three tournament uh canada and u.s national team what was that like to be a part of both of those weekends <laughs> like just like <laughs> when I think about those experiences, uh, it's actually incredible. Uh, in 2019, it was uh, myself and 
three other girls who went down to San Jose and demonstrated some skills events. So it was uh, Kendall Coyne, uh, Brianna Decker, Rebecca Johnson and myself. And, and that was really, really neat. Like we were treated so well. Um, it was so special to be out on the ice with the guys. Um, and we did a ton of stuff to promote the women's game throughout that weekend. So that was really, really neat. Um, but coming out of that, um, to find out the following year, the NHL was going to do something even bigger and better and invite 20 women to the NHL all-star event was like, wow, like this, this is so special. So now in 2020 heading down to um, St. Louis for uh, the three on three women's event was so neat because it was like, uh, there was an event just for us. Like the year right. we went and we just demonstrated the events and like, that was really neat. It was special. But this year it was like, they're giving us, the spotlight we were slotted in the middle of the friday skills event uh it was on tv it was broadcasted nationally uh so it, it was so special to experience it with those other 20 women and to really display the talent of women's hockey um and what a better stage to do it than at the nhl all-star event do you have any funny stories or any of the guys anything funny happen on the ice with some of the players that you'd be willing to share uh, <laughs> um (laughs) honestly like it was just like super fun to be able to interact with with the guys out there yeah actually from the first all-star weekend in 2019 um I always love this story so when Kendall got to skate with the guys in the competition and she was the first skater they slotted her first and they had crammed because the fastest skater event um it's kind of dangerous so they have all the players like jump onto the bench so we were jumped onto the bench with all the guys like crammed in there and kendall's up and like it it was crazy when kendall took her first three strides to see the bench of guys all jump up on their feet and be like wow like this is for real like this girl can skate Mm -hmm. it was like so neat and then once she finished her skate um i think it was matt barzell was up next and i remember him being like i don't want to go after her It was just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like, this is so neat. Like, looking back, it was pretty incredible. I had like shivers just watching her and to see the guy's reaction was pretty neat. They were so supportive of it and they loved it. We are a DC-based sports show um, and I work heavily with the Washington Capitals. I did read that you were or are a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. That's probably the only time that I'm ever going to say that name (laughs) on this show. Are you still a Pittsburgh Penguins fan? (laughs) <laughs> big rivals um, I am so growing up I loved Sidney Crosby and I was a huge Penguins fan and I still am like I do really enjoy watching them when I get an opportunity I yeah hate for that but um, I have to say I am a Maple Leafs fan just because of it. I am from Toronto <laughs> yeah. I also read um that you have a favorite motto and there's a quote. I don't even know if this is still dated, but on your Canadian profile, it said, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Yeah. Um, is that still a motto that you try to live by today? And where did that come from? Because I think that's a really powerful quote. Yeah, no, definitely. It's something that I, I love that quote. It's something I definitely live by. I think it stemmed from like when I was a kid growing up, like I was always like, I don't, I don't want to say like scared of like, not scared of success, but like, I guess scared of failing was mm-hmm. the thing. So like, I always was scared to set my dreams too high because if I didn't reach them, I failed. Um, so I, when I came across that quote one day, I was like, wow, like that's so true. Like your dreams should scare you a little bit because you don't want to fail. Like you, you want to reach them. Like you're passionate about them. 
And um, I just think like it's it's such a powerful way to look at things. Like they should scare you a little bit so that you know you know you want to get there. I read that and I was like, wow, I want to start living by that motto. So <laughs> yeah. I appreciate I appreciate I you sharing that. People are like scared of their ultimate end goal because it's like the work that gets that it takes to get there. So I think it's totally fine to be like if they scare you, that's a good thing. That means that you're shooting you're shooting high. So did you always have a dream then? You talk about, you know, these dreams that you have to make it to the Canadian national team. Was that always something that you had set your mind to? Yeah. Um, for me growing up, like I kind of had a unique, I played a lot of different sports um, and I wouldn't say like ne ne uh, necessarily it was for like women's hockey. I just always knew I wanted to like represent my country in some way. Like I loved the Olympics. It didn't matter summer, winter, anything. Like I, I love to watch them. And like, I remember watching like Canada march into the opening ceremonies and like always having shivers. So I was like, I just want to get there. And I didn't really know like how I was a big soccer player and a big hockey player. Um, so I, I was always in a, like in awe of athletes uh, and professional athletes. And then when it came, I got a little bit older and I ended up focusing on hockey. That's when my dream for obviously to represent Canada um, in women's hockey became um, a really big goal of mine. Um, but yeah, looking back, like I, I was hungry to compete at a high level for sure. Well, Canada, U.S. women's hockey, in my mind, is probably one of the most exciting hockey matches to watch whenever you, um, whenever the two teams face off against each other. Uh, what do you think makes that rivalry so great and so exciting to watch? I just think it's the history behind it. Like that yeah. is, like that's the starting point for me. Is like, wow, there's such a strong history between between these two teams, um, and I just think, uh, like we play each other so often that you really get to know each other and you really don't like each other on the ice. So the games get heated, like they're just high energy. Um, there's always great crowds there and you're playing for your country. Like you have the logo on your front of your Jersey. So you're playing with passion. So the, the first thing that comes to mind is like, wow, those games are passionate and um, they're so fun to be a part of. And there's no other team I'd prefer to play other than the Americans. Cause like, you know, it's going to be a great game every single time. Um, and then the fan support's always incredible around those games too. Thank you so much, Renata Fast, for joining me on Real Fun Sports. I love talking women's hockey with you. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. I got fired up with that, Kelly. I wanted to like lace them up, go out and play. Um, that was great. So thank you so much to Renata for joining. Um, that. That's obviously that that's my passion. That's what I love talking about. So it was it was great to hear everything that she had to say about women's hockey. Great interview. Uh, and that was I love that she's just um, talked about playing with the boys. Right. I mean, what an incredible experience. And and I hope to see more of that in the future. I do, too. Um, and for anybody that is interested for more information, you can check out the PWHPA.com um, to see. Renata did say that there are some things still in the works, obviously, because of COVID about their dream gap tour and how, they're, how they will be playing and when they will be playing. Um, but way to go, Secret Deodorant, for making the commitment to women's hockey. And obviously, a big thanks to Renata for coming on and sharing her story and her excitement and what it means to her. Um, and women's hockey. Fun fact, though, 
um, when I first got on with her again, because I was doing all my research about her to figure it out. So she went to the same college that my dad did. So we like, she's uh, younger than I am, but like we hung out at the same bars because I went to Clarkson for a year and then I transferred to Potsdam and she actually ended up playing at Clarkson um, University. So just kind of like a fun tie-in. I mean, hockey is a small world, so I'm not that surprised, but um, it was fun to kind of chat with her even off camera about, about those small connections. Yeah, you know what they say, Locker, birds of a feather. <laughs> they find the same watering holes. They talk hockey. This is true. <laughs> I also did have to preface. I was like, I promise, like, I'm not some, like, psycho Caps fan. Um, and that's why I asked her the question about the Pittsburgh Penguins, because I was like, I, I promise, like, I'm not. Um, yeah, I don't know if you had a lot to stand on that, given your background, <laughs> Courtney. That's why I said it, because I was like, oh, my gosh, she's going to think that I'm crazy coming on here with all this cap stuff without her really maybe not knowing who I was exactly. <laughs> I immediately went to my dad. I was like, we got to build another set that's professional. <laughs> A little not as biased. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll turn the basement into the Today Show where it's like that's set A for like nice, calm, professional interviews. And then this is like the hockey corner. I like it. <laughs> um, Kelly, good show today. We covered yes. a lot. Um, yes, and, and and next week we're going to have all sorts of news coming out of the NHL and, um, you know, as we kind of get into looking forward to the 2021 season for a lot of teams. Absolutely. Um, expect some news, as I mentioned, about the NHL later this week. And also, so we touched, we touched on golf today. Next week we're talking college hoops. Um, we have some uh, GW, we have a GW basketball player joining us as well as the um, head of head of the athletic department from GW. So, Kelly, we're branching out. I like it. I like it. All things sports. I'm going to need you to send me a book on basketball for dummies, though, before that interview. <laughs> I get a little note back. I, I used to play point guard in high school. Um, oh, yeah. For two for two years. Tennis, golf. I can't I know. keep up. Well, they, I, I kind of tried to. I, I'm a renaissance woman. What do you want from me? <laughs> but that that really wasn't my sport. <laughs> I got the tap on the shoulder. Like, why don't you just focus on tennis? <laughs> Can you just send me like all like the correct lingo for basketball? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need you to prep me before the interview that I okay. need to then prep for for. Gotcha. <laughs> Thanks for having my back. Um, so yes, yeah, so you can join us next week um, on Wednesday, one o'clock. We'll be live again on Real Fun Sports. We'll be talking college basketball hoops. Um, and who knows, hopefully some information about the NHL. And again, we just want to say thank you to everybody, um, all the men and women who have served on this Veterans Day. Um, and again, if you haven't seen it, go check out the Washington Capitals tweet because Caps Pup says it's the best with mm -hmm. um, his little tweet to all the military veterans out there who have served our amazing country. Thanks for joining us on Real Fun Sports, presented by Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. I'm Courtney Lachlan for Kelly Collis. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining. At Prince Frederick Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, they always treat my family like family. And Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram will do the same for you. They bring excitement to Southern Maryland. Welcoming cap superstars, baseball and football players popping up a beach party in their parking lot. They make the holidays bright for everyone and extra special for some with Toys for Tots. Now, Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram brings Southern Maryland excitement to you. We've delivered as far as Massachusetts so far. Anywhere, anytime, we're open for delivery. We can pick your vehicle up, car will be repaired, brought back to the home, sanitized again, contact free. 
the biggest thing that everybody's thinking about is how can I be safe? How can I still get my vehicle? How can I choose a new vehicle? You know, we have everybody sitting at home. It's kind of fun to look at a new car or a pre-owned. Visit Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram at PrinceFrederickDodge.com or come see them on Route 4 South in the heart of Prince Frederick. And thanks to Crop Metcalf. Not sure your home's cooling system is going to make it through the rest of the season? Call Crop Metcalf today and ask about special installation and service financing plans, including six months of no payments on qualifying service calls. Visit CropMetcalf.com to schedule an appointment. Crop Metcalf, home of the five-star technician.